0: Welcome back to Mixback. Back. We're taking a look at the January re- releases of 2023. Um, here with me are Isaac and Francesco. Hi, guys. Hi.
1: Hey. Hello.
0: As per usual, nothing has changed um, in the new year. We're talking first about the games we've played recently, which is basically the small Witcher cast we're going to do, probably, because <laughs> we've only played Witcher 3
2: on PS5.
0: I think you as well, Francesco?
2: Yeah, but on Series X. It's terrible.
0: Right. Yeah, um, it's a part of the 2015 game, I think, it was released for the current-gen consoles. Um, yeah, with I think ray it was to
2: 2015, the original release, but now so ago. I have ago. Yep. We had the next-gen updates. And this buff is also coming out in the physical edition, but. If you're already at the game of the year, uh, it's already updated, basically. It just, it's right, just it's it's a free a, upgrade? Yeah, it's a, it's a free upgrade for whoever owned the previous game. So,
0: And even if you only own the standard edition, you can also upgrade to the uh,
2: complete edition? Yeah, I think if you already owned it, even the previous one, you're automatically updated to the complete. I think so, at least.
0: Yeah. Quite certain. So yeah, it's the first time I've played Witcher 3 more than 10 hours. And it's fun. Um, It looks a lot more beautiful uh, than on PS4. Um, It runs in 60 FPS if you play in the appropriate mode. Um, The 30 FPS mode looks slightly better, but uh, the lack of performance um, makes it uh, the worst mode to me.
2: Yeah, it definitely improves thanks to the 60 FPS, in my opinion. And I also like the more close uh, camera they added. Yeah. In the original game, you had this basically central view. Uh, Garrett in the inter- middle and everything else, uh, basically a scenario panoramic, but now you feel actually closer to the protagonist. And
0: you also feel closer because you have the haptic feedback of the dual sense on the PS5, which is not a big thing, but it's nice to have.
2: Well, yeah, it's it's still a nice feature to have, and I like that if if you by chance prefer the original version, you can always put it back. That's the option to go back as it was originally. So. Oh,
0: even on Xbox, so it's not like a smart delivery thing where you automatically download the new version.
2: Yeah, you automatically download it, but they added an option in the settings. I mean, with the camera, at least, you can
1: you oh, yeah. can reset okay.
2: it to the to mm-hmm. standard mode. You can change several features to basically make it uh, more older, so to speak. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the graphics are still important. So. Yeah, there's no switch to change
0: to the old graphics, but there's actually no need to do that.
2: Yeah, thankfully.
0: There are some glitches on the 30 FPS mode on PS5, at least, um, where uh, shadows are blinking, uh, especially shadows of mountains, the big ones. It's weird. It hasn't been fixed, at least on my version. But yeah, play in 60 FPS anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's a better mode. Uh, the ray traced shadows are not really worth the. Uh, sacrifice in performance,
2: yeah. And I usually play six FPS. Can, so.
0: Reflections aren't really different, much different.
2: I mean, it's still basically a PS4 and Xbox One game, but uh, right if a new coat of paint, so to speak. So, but this still looks uh incredible, obviously. Yeah, this.
0: Yeah, that's that's it for me. What I played the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, it pretty much the same for me, basically. Uh, and I think also finished. Uh, yeah, I also finished Sonic Frontiers before I started Future Free. That's that? As I was saying, the la- previous podcast we said basically Sonic is back, and there's a bit up of up and downs. Basically, the first world is the best one, but. Uh, i still think it's a great basis to improve upon the next games
1: so yeah that seems to be it really it's like it has some issues but like hopefully the next one will fix them yeah well there's some sort of unfortunately
2: game. there's a, some issues that become more apparent the more you go on but uh, the overall presentation of the first world the first boss etc is is just that should be the base for her uh, next sonic games really I think the budget was over by the time they started working on other stuff.
1: Well, I think they had to rework a bunch of stuff partway through. Yeah, pretty much the
2: last two levels are basically reskins of the first uh, world. So you can tell, like, "Uh oh, we finished the budget. What are we going to do now? (laughs) It's basically that. And the third world is atrocious to navigate in. Please never do that again. But. Uh, but yeah, this this of downs is still pretty fun. So hopefully, if they learn from this, the next games will actually be great. So here's hoping. I mean, this one is still pretty good. It's worth a shot if you're a Sonic fan.
0: Let's hope the next one won't be a licensing thing, like a TV adaptation stuff or something like that. Now nah, we'll I doubt it. An it. It's... Okay.
2: I think they just focus on movies and and the TV series since the film did well. I don't think we have any risk of doing sonic booms again.
0: <laughs> OK, I guess we can go to the general releases. I think so, I guess. Which so there the... are a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of big ones uh, and even more smaller ones. The first on our list is coming out next week on January 9th, which is Scrap Riders, classic point-and-click adventure by Spanish developer Games for Tutti. And it's heavily inspired by Full Throttle, at least according to the trailer that I saw. Um, Yeah, a really nice art style. And looking forward to diving into the world of motorcycles there.
1: Yeah, it's... um... I saw it like briefly, but it's um it's sort of like a it's a beat 'em up, right? So like,
0: Oh no, it's a point and click adventure, right?
1: I think it's a bit of both. Like, it definitely oh, okay. seems kind of like a uh, kind of kind of a, a mix of both. So it's like there's beat 'em up sections with like more like point and click style parts. At least uh, based on what I can see on uh, Steam.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I,
1: maybe I haven't watched the trailer long enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it sort of like it's a mix of the
0: two. Yeah. Uh, it's solo, so far as I can see. It's no um, co-op, which is, uh, yeah, for beat beat 'em up a death sentence, maybe? Uh,
1: kind of. At least if it, like. If has a little bit more of a focus on story stuff as well, it shouldn't be too bad.
0: Yeah, if the writing holds up, then it should be fine. We'll see next week. Um, then another dialogue-heavy game. Uh, actually, a dark fantasy turn-based visual novelty RPG is part of The Midnight Sun. Uh, it looks a little bit clunky uh, with bare-bones animation, but the music is pretty nice from what I saw in the trailer. Coming out on January 10th on PC, and script Riders uh, on January 9th for Switch and PC,
1: by the way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Path of the Midnight Sun was a Kickstarter project from... I'm not sure how long ago now. Probably it's very just... long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. So like, I end up losing track of, like what's what when it comes to, uh. And sometimes a, even you know, if they
0: fail, like Goalgetter, you get a release date the next day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, um, been, been a few years. So it looks like it was 2019 when the campaign ended for Kickstarter, so. Oh, that's yeah, it's a been quite a while. quick turnaround. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not been, like, in development hell and anything. <laughs> Presumably, they at least went the route of, like, we we have some stuff done, and it's like, we just need some money to be able to continue working on it, rather than, now, hey, we have an idea. Uh, <laughs> give us money and we'll, like, start working on the game. So, yeah, it it's probably, I'd, I'd like to think development was at least pretty smooth.
0: Yeah, probably also not a big team, so yeah. therefore the budget isn't that big to... It also can still improve in the next four days. We'll see. Um, One day later, we will have the release of Children of Silent Town coming to Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Point and click adventure by the small Brescia Italy. I hope I pronounced it correctly, Francesco. uh, (laughs) Based in Brescia, Italy. uh, I think in Lombardy. Yeah,
2: uh, Lombardia. Yeah, Brescia. Yeah, yeah, it was (laughs) fine.
0: And published by the Adventure Veterans Daedalic from Germany. And yeah, looks has a nice art style. Um, reminded me of a game that I can't can't point my um yeah, finger on.
1: The, the, like the main like art definitely looks similar to something.
0: <laughs> yeah, a kind of survival game um with a, with a very similar character art, but uh, yeah, I can't quite name it. But it looks a lot more polished than uh, the other game we were just talking about, but uh, also has a big publisher behind it with Daedalic. Yeah, it could be, especially on Switch, it's a nice fit for an adventure game. Could be a nice game, probably um, more one for the horror fans from what we see in the trailer. Probably, and yeah. <laughs> on the same day, we have Cartwright Drift. Yet another uh, cutting game, you may think. But this one is free to play as far as uh,
1: Yeah, I think it's been in beta for a little bit, at least on mobile, because it's like cross-platform between like a bunch of different platforms. Yeah, it was on beta and PC as well. I saw some
0: footage there coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One uh, with focus on customization. Um, Each vehicle has different perks. Hopefully they balanced it out well. Probably there. Therefore, they use the beta phases there. Um, it has nice environments, um, uh, but only one speed class. So opposed to Mario Kart. But they probably will add them later on, since it's a free-to-play game.
1: Like I feel like it'll probably be more likely is like some sort of bonus mode, rather than like yeah. Mario Kart, where it specifically had like the different speed things as like a main part of it, really. So one has a mode without items and with, uh, and
0: uh, the mode without items doesn't seem to hold up pretty good, pretty well,
1: <laughs>
0: as expected. Uh, and no word on cross-play there. But I asked the developer, actually, and let's see.
1: It it is, it is crossplay.
0: Goes. Oh, it is cross- Oh, I mixed it up with uh, the Caritas 2 Turbocharge, which was announced today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yet another one. Uh, coming yeah. to PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, um, and Steam. But no release date yet.
1: Yeah. But yeah, like Cart Rider Drift's all things, yeah, free to play, like cross platform between like everything it's coming out on. Obviously it's gonna be on mobile, so it should that should probably help with the player base a bit.
0: Yeah, lots of similarities to Mario Kart. There's a blue shell, there's a turbo start. And uh, but the um other items have different functionalities, whether you fire them up front or back. But it's not like the uh, um, forward is a rocket, and uh, if you press down, you drop a mine. It's completely different uh, uh, functionalities that you use there. So one's a rocket, and the other one is actually like a shockwave or something like that, so pretty interesting. One day later, uh, another... Three releases that we have here. I don't know if we need to go in depth with every one of them. Um, we get Aquatico, which looks like Factorio just underwater. Um, complex supply chains. You have to uh, meet the desires of your inhabitants, kind of like an Anno. Uh, coming to PC, um, Lone Ruin, which is heavily inspired by Hyperlight Drifter, from what I saw in the trailer. Uh, just with a lot of more enemies and a little more visceral. And even more visceral is Vengeful Guardians Moonrider, developed by three um, devs in Brazil. Um, I think it's Toys Masher or Toy Mesher, not quite sure. And it's a Castlevania-like from the developer of Blazing Chrome um, that I got to play on Gamescom, actually. And uh, it also had a demo. I don't know if it's up
1: right now. Uh, yeah, the demo, at least on uh, PC. It's still available. Yeah, if you like Castlevania, definitely
0: give it a try. Um, but uh, pretty tough, the demo actually. But they promised to lower the difficulty a little bit. Or <laughs> the true Castlevania f- for experience. the press version, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of PC games this month. Um, we also got Simrail, the railway simulator. The- Uh, Apparently, first, uh, I didn't check that. A multiplayer ready train simulator um, where one can be a conductor and the other a dispatcher. It's
1: entirely a real train sim. How much uh, DLC does it have? (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, hopefully, not as pricey as the other ones. I think I heard you can uh, buy trains for like $30,000. Hopefully, not for this one. it's
1: It's more of a simulator with more DLC. That's how it works. Yeah.
0: This one is set entirely <laughs> in Poland, which was an interesting choice, but I think the developers from there. And you can play trains from the 80s until now. So a huge variety on trains actually there. And the um, tracks are modeled after the real life ones. Then, uh, if you're more into space, uh, on January 13th, on the same day as Simrail launches, um, uh, Simrail, sorry, uh, Spaceborne 2. Um, which looks a lot like Freelancer or similar games. Uh, Very very complex um, tech tree that I saw there in the trailer. Boy. (laughs) And uh, two or three more games that we can talk about. Uh, Two of them are quite big uh, Japanese franchises, Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot and One Piece Odyssey.
1: One yeah, is a port, one so, is a new game. Yeah, so the first one's a port, but they have, as far as I can tell, at least when I when they last um, showed off some of the like differences between like the last gen and current versions, there is actually like a noticeable difference with the visuals. It's like like they're like more like objects and like in the distance and whatnot as well. So it's not it's like not just like a frame rate and resolution increase. There is actually some extra work being done. Which is nice because it's a free upgrade, as far as I remember for yeah, last it's... gen. I don't know how they're handling PC. If it's just going to be like included, like if it's just going to be like an update, kind of like when we were talking about Witcher three earlier, like if you had the game year or that, then you just it was just like an extra update. Yeah, I would imagine it
0: would be like that.
1: It's like it's always hard to tell when it comes to PC and like any of these like next gen versions or whatever that didn't already exist, like when the PC version came out because like, it yeah it's, it's always a bit uh, inconsistent <laughs> whether they yeah. update them fully or not. But um, yeah, I've still not played it, but it, it looked interesting enough, and yeah, like the last gen versions are actually pretty cheap, so it's, this next gen version might be the best way to play it just with the free upgrade. Yeah, similar to Witcher 3. 60 uh, yeah.
0: FPS. I don't know if the previous version had that, but
1: on a higher resolution. Definitely. Yeah, like I, I think it was like a case of different modes and stuff.
2: Oh. Yeah, now it's uh, more improved for the next gen.
1: Yeah, but yeah, like they, they have actually done some visual stuff aside from resolution, which is nice. Because like some next gen updates, it's literally just higher resolution. Yeah, I saw some FPS. gameplay
2: clips where they showed they actually added a bit of details. Yeah, it's 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 like definitely, in the you know, environment.
1: Like it's minor stuff, but it's still nice to see. Yeah, de- definitely. Like, yeah, makes it look nicer, but like it would just still look okay even with just the resolution bump. But like, it's it's just yeah, that there's at least been a little bit more effort put in. And again, it's it's just a free upgrade anyway. And faster
0: loading times, from what I see on yeah. the YouTube comparison, there it's uh, a lot faster. Twenty six like seconds versus forty.
1: probably Yeah, faster. Yeah. Yeah, because that's usually the main thing. Like, even if like visually it's just like a resolution bump for like games that get like a next gen update, it's like the load times are usually better no matter what. So, yeah, that definitely the benefit of um, the the uh, well current gen, I guess, uh, consoles being built around SSDs and stuff. Just yeah. nice load times.
0: Hopefully we will have nice load times as well on One Piece Odyssey. Um, coming out the same day, also for last gen, and not for the Switch, as far as I can see.
1: Yeah, so it's Bandai Namco, so it will probably come to the Switch. Yeah, but not until later, because like they they seem to actually like try and work on the like they don't they don't just get the Switch game out at the same time and it, like be a bit broken because <laughs> <laughs> it's like um like Dragon Ball Z uh, Kakarot didn't come out on Switch until later on. Like it took like a year, I think, and a bit Yeah. So presume like I'd say probably sometime next year there will be a Switch version of One Piece Odyssey. <laughs> but yeah, it looks um it looks interesting. I'm still not hundred percent on it because it looked like it was it might be like an original story. I mean it still is, but they're doing the whole thing again where they're kinda like bringing back areas from like older parts of like the One Piece series. It's like memories or some. It's like they're built off like the memories of the crew or whatever. But mm. so it's like, well, it's not going to be exactly the same, but it's still kind of repeating some like, like plot points that already get revisited all the time in like the game, yeah. like the existing games, <laughs> like the uh, the warriors style ones and stuff. But it's still like a little, a little bit different gameplay is interesting. I never really expected them to do like a turn based RPG. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the how they're doing, but. It looks cool. Yeah, Uh, it plays
0: also snappy. I played it on Gamescom. Uh, The voting times were a bit long, probably not optimized back then. But you can play it for yourself actually in four days' time uh, from the time you record this. Four days
1: ahead of launch.
0: January 10th, you can download the demo. And preload is on January 11th. And the file size is around 30 gigabytes if you wondered.
1: On, oh, probably about close to what the actual full version is. I feel like that happens a lot with demos. No, the the actual full game will be. Oh yeah, cool. that's what's I'm day, not like, sure about the demo. It wouldn't surprise me if it's probably like, like ideally it would be like half that at most. But yeah, it's like a lot. A lot of demos seem to just be same file size, but everything's locked up.
0: I wonder if you can also transfer your save
1: file. I haven't researched that. I. Yeah, I don't know, actually. Because I think the demo is supposed to be, like, a few hours long. So it's, like, depends if it's, like, the opening or if it's Oh, yeah, they announced
0: been... safe that data can be transferred to the nice. final game.
1: Yeah, because I was thinking it would probably be, um, yeah, rather than, like, the demo they were using for, like, previous, like, previews and stuff, it would actually be, that, like, close to what the actual game's like. But yeah, yeah. Just, like, it's going to be the opening. Which I think is always like a good way to do it,' because it's like you can like play the demos, see if you like it. obviously, it's like you're not gonna be missing the stuff from later, but it's you're yeah I have
0: to go through a lot of dialogue at the beginning,
1: but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just nice that you don't have to go through it uh, again, like they can show off at the beginning without you like having if you buy the game without you having to just like skip a bunch of stuff or like watch a bunch of stuff again. It's just yeah, it makes sense. Like demos aren't overly common nowadays. Yeah, but but they're uh, getting a comeback. Uh, I feel like at
0: least for the JRPGs, for other genres, it's very different.
1: Yeah, it's, it definitely helps.
0: If you're not into anime graphics, you're more into Game Boy visuals. Um, Under Dungeon might be something for you. It's a dungeon crawler uh, with an interesting aesthetic. Uh, Coming to Switch, PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S on January 13th.
1: Coming to all the things.
0: Except PlayStation, I guess. Yet. Yet. Then uh, we already had one underwater strategy game, but there is a second uh, with uh, Aquatico uh, called Surviving the Abyss coming on January 17th. I think it's an early access launch.
1: Yeah. Or rather, it's the... Um, actually, I think it might be just a normal release. Okay, maybe I'll mix it up. I think it was um the. Uh...
0: Aquatico, that is the early access one.
1: Uh, there uh, were several of those that are uh, early access of the
0: ones we have here. Not sure. Uh, definitely not Fried Chicken is, is uh, an early access game, which we'll come to later in about half an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, quite different from Aquatico. It's not um, like a... Um, uh, oh, God. Well, what's the English word for that? Uh, like an economic oh, right. simulation. Yeah, yeah, getting... it's, it's more like a, a um, tower defense sort of game where you have to repel waves of uh, underwater creatures at some point. Um the trailer is a little bit mysterious on that, but looks like that.
1: Yeah, so yeah. it's like sort of like a build that's like town builder ish, but yeah, like against you have to like survive like right. bigger and bigger waves of enemies, not water. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not into
0: water, Mars might, might be something for you. Uh farlanders is coming out on the same day. It's a mass Colony management game. Um, the visuals are probably, um, probably it's on purpose that they are very dated, kind of a 90s visual style there. Um, yeah, lots of customization options there. But it uh, looks like something I could have played on my Pentium also back in the day.
1: Well, like, that's not probably a visual style. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it l- at least helps when it comes to, like, Making these sort of games without like them being too in- uh, intensive graf- uh, graphically, because like I love the ones where they have fancy visuals. When you start building up like bigger, like colonies and stuff, everything starts to choke a bit. Yeah, it depends like how. But um... well, I suppose it's turn-based, so that would help a little bit. But yeah, it depends how like crazy things get later on. I I kind of like the visual style though. I li- like these sorts of sprites. Yeah, has its charm. Um, charming visuals
0: uh, are also included in Recall coming on on the Sunday, January 17th, on Switch, PC, and Xbox Series X and S. Narrative-driven adventure. Uh, reminded me a lot of Zero Escape, actually. Maybe not the visual style, but the storytelling, the music. Kind of similar to Zero Escape.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen too much on it. I definitely see what you're saying about the music, though.
0: (laughs) Uh, One game I'm more looking forward to is uh, definitely not fried chicken. It's basically Los Polos Hermanos, the video game. Uh, You have to open up your own fake business and serve um, marijuana to aliens. Uh, In the end game, it looked like that. Uh, Yeah. Definitely an interesting one.
1: It's when you're saying... Feeding into aliens, I was like, I, just, I can't remember the name of the game, but there was one game where you ran like a space diner or something, but you were like killing aliens and feeding them to other aliens. I can't remember what that game was anymore. And I definitely didn't just imagine it and make it a. I'm I'm gonna have to try and look that up later.
2: Sure, sure. <laughs> um,
0: a space for the Unbound is coming out on January nineteenth uh, for basically every
1: system. Yeah that's been uh
0: developing been a for a while for a
1: bit. yeah and also had the whole publisher drama with oh, um, p cube yeah ba- basically they were saying that p cube took money from like a creator fund or something that was like without like, basically like they oh, signed yeah, right, up sure, for um... yeah so they, they signed up for it without actually telling the developers and like took the money but then also like tried to negotiate for like a higher cut um like amount of money for like helping with the game because they were gonna put this money in but the money was the one that they got for that the developer should have got instead already from that creator fund. So mm. <laughs> it's all a bit of a mess, but yeah, now they're they they're still working with um Toge productions, so I can't remember how that works where it's because like, they were already working with them anyway. Like I don't I don't remember if PQ was even listed on the PC release anyway. So I don't know if it was a case of they were helping with like the the Console versions or worldwide Maybe, yeah. publishing or something, but yeah, PQ aren't involved anymore and it, it looks interesting. Um, there's been a hey, demo la- out for a while.
0: Oh, nice, gonna check that out. The trade had an interesting Ace as a moment that I won't give away, but you can <laughs> probably imagine what it is, yeah.
1: But um, yeah, it, it's it seems interesting, it's set in rural Indonesia, so. Probably going to be a bit of a new setting for most people, at least in the West. For obvious yeah. reasons.
0: Yeah, I think Toga is also based in Indonesia, if I'm not wrong.
1: Yeah, they they published a few, a um, fair few indie games, including uh, Coffee Talk. Oh yeah, well, right. and developed it rather, but but yeah, it looks it looks interesting. It's cool to see that it's actually finally managing to re- release.
0: Yep, uh, Colossal Cave is coming out on the same day. Um, for the uh, for current gen systems and switch, uh, it's probably a current gen system, even if it's not behaving like one. And uh, Metal Quest Two, um, uh, it's by Ken and Roberta Williams, uh, who made King's Quest for Tasmagoria, just to name a few. Uh, it's the remake of the 1976 text adventure, and yeah, it's a first. Person adventure game. The trailers don't give too much away from the game, probably uh, for narrative reasons. Uh, I feel like it's a game it's best experienced in VR. Most likely, yeah. But uh, PSVR 2 is not announced, so it's MetaQuest 2 exclusive. I think I even saw on the Steam page that uh, it's not uh, VR compatible, if I'm not wrong. And it's only on MetaQuest 2, actually. Probably... um, Better paying some money there to be exclusive, <laughs> but if it's coming to PSVR two, I'm definitely going to try it
1: out if I uh, get one, which is likely. <laughs> yeah, that, that, PSVR two looks kind of cool, but I, I don't think it's going to do that well. It has like the issue of like being far more expensive than PSVR one. Yeah, which it's I, crazy. I get why, but it's get yeah, way more expensive. More expensive and, than the PS5.
0: And you need a PS5, actually, which
1: is yeah. not. And you need wider. a PS5. And there's no guarantee that all like the PSVR 1 games will ever be updated to work with PSVR 2.
0: Exactly, yeah. Because
1: at the very least, there's like, what, like MOS 1 and 2 straight up are just getting new versions, I think, rather than updating the existing ones. At least yeah, that's so what you also, need to remember.
0: You can get a used PSVR 1 then for those.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah but at some point, they will stopped producing
2: them. So. Yeah, it's, it's... They either it's, become unplayable or they're going to make some kind of updates.
1: Yeah, they they basically need to, like... Because that's going to be the biggest, like, sticking point with it. It's, like, non Like, without updates, like, the games just don't work. Because, like, the different tracking used with, between the PSVR1 and PSVR2. So it's, like... They, the whole thing of, like, the between PS4 and PS5, sure, there's not that many games on the PS5, really. Like, exclusives... But you can play all your old PS4 games, but it's like that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. If you switch between PSVR one and PSVR two, it's just like basically if if none of the games get updated, then the VR two library is going to be kind of tiny, <laughs> and people just aren't going to buy it. Because yeah, it is a kind of a hard sell. Like you'd ha- you'd have an easier time convincing people to buy a, a Meta Quest two. <laughs> like... Definitely, yeah. Even with the price hike, it's that's still cheaper and is a standalone thing.
0: And you have a lot of games to play.
1: Yeah, so
0: you can even connect it to your uh, Steam PC or to your PC and play any game there.
1: So it's just, uh, yeah, a bit unfortunate, but it's still kind of cool tech anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Looking forward to the game, Uh, Phantasmagoria was nice, I only played the latest King's Quest one, I think it wasn't made by uh, Roberta Williams, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Then on the same day we have two other ports, Shin Megami Tensi Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden, the PSP slash Vita remakes uh, coming to every platform, basically. Interestingly enough, not PS Five is uh, PS Five is not listed in our list, but Xbox Series X
1: is listed. That's that that's just sort of a thing that happens a lot when it comes to like Xbox versus PlayStation releases, where some of them actually seem to get series versions. I, mean, I guess it's just like easy to work with. Yeah, but yeah, obviously like Persona 4 Golden is already available for a PC, but it's going to be available via Game Pass on the nineteenth, so. Right, both of them, yeah, included in gameplay. Yeah, PC like, Persona X-ray. 3 Portable is just new to PC. Like, it hasn't had a previous release on PC. Yeah.
0: The first time outside of PSP, probably.
1: Yeah, so it's it's been a bit basically in a weird spot where it's like, Persona 3 Portable is more of, like, a side grade than, like, a full upgrade. Because it adds, like, the female protagonist and, like, some quality of life stuff and whatnot. But. It has like the downgraded visuals and the like, cutscenes and stuff. But it's oh, it has downgraded the... visuals. Well, Even supposed... though it came it's... out three years later. Yeah. So it's like, they, yeah, they had to cut most of the 3D stuff outside of the dungeon crawling and like battles. It's so, like it all takes more, like, more of like a visual novel sort of appearance, with, like the uh, character sprites and stuff. It could like have united think... both
0: of those versions in
1: one. Well, that that was the thing. Like, people were more hoping for some version that took, like... Because, like, Persona 3 FES, or Fez, or I can't remember how you're supposed to actually say it, like, added in, like, a post-game story, which isn't included in Portable. <laughs> so it's, like, oh. people were hoping for, like, something that combine them both together, but it was, like, this is just sort of, like, the quicker release before they potentially, you know, do some sort of actual, like, full remake or something. I think there's been rumors of it, but there's always rumors of these anyway, so mm. <laughs> it's like, who knows? But I, I still think Persona 3 Portable is okay. It's just uh, a, a bit of an awkward release.
0: Yeah. And Persona 4 Golden is kind of similar to Persona 5 from what I've played back on Vita. Yeah, so it's like... Similar visual style. So if you like Persona 5 you will probably get more quickly into Persona 4 yeah, than
1: 3. It's like Persona 4 um had more quality of life stuff over Persona 3 and then Golden like added even more so then it was like it's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty close to 5. Like at least it's it's definitely easier to get into th- it'd be easier to get into like 4 but obviously it's 4 Golden than it would have been to like go back to 3. Yeah, free. Like, I think free Age Dwarfs between yeah. the three. So, like, th- th- uh, three, like, especially portable, it's, like, still playable. It's just, yeah, it was the one that definitely could have done with a full-blown, like, remake rather than <laughs> porting the PSP one. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, I remember the
0: dungeons are pretty bland. The Yeah, the
1: dungeons in three and four are pretty bland. Um... Portable, at least, has the benefit of, like, pretty much getting rid of the, like, fatigue system that was in, like, the original versions, where, like, you, you basically had to leave the the main, like, the Tartarus, you had to leave, like, the main dungeons if your characters, because, like, your characters get tired in, like, real time. Oh, God. Not real time, but, like, they get tired as you, like, doing battles and stuff, whereas, from what I remember in Portable, they, they like their um, status doesn't change until after you leave. So you you could basically do like big chunks all at once, yeah. It's rather a big than improvement. eventually getting like kicked out. <laughs> mm. But yeah, they're still playable. Every you make entirely would be nice, but it's it's still better than nothing, I guess. Mm. And finally, getting like Atlas releases on PC, it's is always good.
0: Well, the next one I will leave to Francesco.
2: <laughs> well, we have uh, on 20 January Fire Emblem Engage on Switch. Looking forward to see how it actually turns out. It's uh, very it's very interesting out there trying to link every previous game in this new one with the yeah. Summon Heroes thing. Like, it's clearly a nod to. The people who only played Fire Emblem Heroes on the the (laughs) mobile phones. But I mean, something similar, they already tried with Awakening. It's just more expanded and
1: more focused on the main
2: heroes. Yeah,
1: it's just like, they seem to be, it's like a weird mashup of like, like for, for the gameplay. It's like a weird mashup of like, you got, like, the hero' stuff with, like, the, the summoning things. But, like, they seem to function more as, like, equipment rather than anything. Like Yeah, actual... they're basically uh,
2: equipment. Yeah. It's, it's like, if you equip this hero, you get t- these abilities, these skills, or even these
1: powers. Yeah, because they, they don't seem to actually play too much of a point when it comes to, like... They, they're important to the story in the fact that they're, like, powerful or whatever. But, like, as actual characters, they don't seem to... Yeah, what? I only saw oh, some done. cutscenes
2: with Muff. Basically, yeah, uh, I think like, it will you... play a bigger role, but I don't think the others will play yeah. uh, that big of a role. But we shall see.
1: It's weird because it's like you have the hero something like from Heroes, then you've got like k- kind of like some like the quality of life and like easier stuff from like modern Fire Emblem. Then you also have, like, they're bringing back, like, the weapon triangle and stuff from, like, old ones. But it's it's obviously, it's been expanded as well with, like, new interactions and stuff for weapon types. Because, like, they got rid of that straight up for three houses. So yeah, but like,
2: eventually, it's returning.
1: Yeah, it's, like, returning and it's tweaked. So, like, yeah, there's more going on with it. It's not just, like, a singular weapon triangle anymore or anything. It's, like... It's interesting to see them actually. It's sort really of a there.
2: return to the past, but with new features.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like a bit of a mashup of like, all three, I guess we'll go out with all three styles. So like, old, um, and new, and mobile.
2: <laughs> and again, it really reminds me of what, what Awakening was trying to do. Because uh,
1: Awakening also tried to do something similar. Yeah. I mean, Awakening kind of um saved the franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this one's like... it was
2: meant as a love letter because it could have been the last game and it ended up saving
1: the literal yeah. franchise. So like now like this one's sort of in the weird point of like kind of trying to like bring back some of the older players that might have left, but like also keeping the, the newer ones around. So yeah. Definitely, definitely I mean because... I
2: don't think it's really trying to keep the old player because Free Houses was the most successful game franchise oh, i sure. think it's more trying to capture the heroes players yeah because believe it or not as people who play heroes but have never touched a single fire emblem games in their lives so it's, just, it's like it's really trying to say hey look you can summon heroes here too <laughs> <laughs> it's like they definitely didn't
1: need to but it still feels like they kind of like are trying anyway to like kind of keep like again like straight up just like the weapon triangle like it's, yeah, it's just a surprise that it's even, like, it's, I think even coming back, I guess, the normal weapon weapon triangle would have already been weird, but, like, yeah, the fact that they are actually expanding upon it now, uh, yeah, I do think it's a good idea, and it seems like they're gonna try and, like, keep maps, kind, like, they're not gonna go, like, heroes, where it's the maps are, like, stupid tiny, <laughs> but it does seem like they're kind of trying to go for, like, they're not going to go like too big with the maps. So it's like, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting to see where they're going to go with it. Like, obviously, yeah. we, we haven't seen anything from like the. I think three
2: houses of- are a good compromise. They weren't uh, too big, but also they were on the shorter side. I could, could clear them up in a few turns if you were that good, but they were still quite big. I think that
1: was a good compromise. So. Yeah, and I'm interested to see where it goes, but I probably won't play it at launch. But yeah, one I might eventually check out anyway.
2: Yeah, I already
1: pre-ordered my coffee, so
2: (laughs) (laughs) we'll see. Hopefully it turns out uh, good. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit excited about it.
0: Well, if you're a fan of platformers, you might be excited about Candle Night coming out on the same day. So there's some competition for Fire Emblem Engage on that day, <laughs> on PC at least. Um, it's quite interesting because it has uh, different camera angles switching dynamically. That looked interesting for, for a platformer um, of that size. But uh, nothing more special that I could see on the first glance at least.
1: Yeah, um, is it actually really like I know it's supposed to release this month, but I'm not even sure because like this, the Steam page definitely doesn't list it as coming out this month anymore. (laughs) Just, I just realized. That's true. So it's hard to tell. Like, release dates keep changing all the time. Sometimes they don't even change, but like the Steam page doesn't list them. Yeah, (laughs) extra confusion.
0: Um, on the same day, Monsanto Rise is coming to everything apart from PC and Switch, which it has been on.
1: Yeah, so, so basically they're finally like, bringing it to like everything else. <laughs> it's been a while. Of course, these also suffer from the fact that there are, there's no cross-progression or cross-play in any form, which is very stupid, <laughs> basically. Yeah. It's it's like then the it was like one of the biggest issues people were having when like once the whole world finally came to PC, it's like people were kind of like I I double dip, but then I'd have to play through all the stuff I already played through again, and it'd be kind of annoying. And like, it was like kind of like hoping that they'd actually fix that for Rise, and then they didn't. So, it's like it's nice that it's coming to other platforms, but the fact that these are so late, like. Especially since it already came out on PC, I think a lot of people that have like like it's obviously not going to be like everyone, but there'll be a lot of people that potentially would have bought it on those like also own a PC, so they just played it on PC because it's like uh rises like quite a bit lighter like um like requirements wise compared to World, mm-hmm. obviously because Switch and all that. Like it runs, re- like it should run pretty well on a lot of like lower end ish. Systems compared to world <laughs> because world there uh, did not, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting
0: to see how the PS5 version or Xbox Series version compares to the Switch one.
1: Well, like I'm not, I haven't seen if they've like announced exactly, but like they could probably run 4K uh, 60fps pretty easy. Yeah, whereas the Switch, the Switch would um. It looked okay in docked mode, but in like handheld, it was actually pretty nice. It was one of the better-looking handheld games for the Switch. Like pre- pretty smooth, not always thirty FPS, but it, it was usually that most of the time.
0: And it will also be on
1: Game Pass uh, for Xbox and PC. Yeah, but the oh, for Xbox PC at least version. PC. Yeah, it's it's going to be on PC as well, but it's just the beast. Uh, the beast. The base version so it doesn't include the sunbreak which I'm pretty sure is coming out same time as the base game on all those platforms. It makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I think the base game's good, but I'd say definitely worth getting sunbreak with it as well. I suppose you could like play through the base game on Game Pass and then get the DLC later on. Yep. Uh, if you're on PC and Switch and already finished Arise,
0: you might want to check out Forspoken on January twenty fourth, coming to PC, uh, PC and PS Five. Um, developed by the team of FF Fifteen, if I'm not
1: wrong. At least like a few there's, there's at least a, a lot of like the same people that worked on that. You can definitely kind of feel it from gameplay and whatnot. It kind of feels like an extension of Fun Fantasy Fifteen. Maybe okay. what Fun Fantasy Fifteen should have been. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, it's it, spoken's the one that people just keep joking about now because of like the really bad story trailer they released. Mm. <laughs> that Everyone's just joking about, with like the really bad dialogue. But um, oh, and the demo didn't really help too much because it kind of just dumps you in like, a, like a just in a section where it's like no tutorials or not proper tutorials. It's like, hey, just play the game. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> oh okay. But, uh, yeah, it's... at
0: least you have a lot of um,
1: abilities unlocked already. There is a tutorial,
0: actually, at the beginning.
1: There, there is a tutorial, yeah, but it kind of just throws everything at you at once. And it's like, it doesn't really, like, teach you the best way to, like, get used to things. So I right. think a lot of people bounced off it pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't think it helped the game very much. But it's, um yeah, it's kind of interesting. I like the, the movement and stuff, like the magic parkour or whatever they call it. <laughs> <laughs> You can just charge around the place. It's, um, like, obviously the full game might be worse or whatever, but like, it should be a pretty fun game just to roam around in like the open world and just do stuff in, like, pick up new spells and stuff. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't think it's gonna be like insanely good, but I'm just kind of hoping it'll be fun. Well,
0: the area in the demo is not really huge.
1: Yeah, they didn't give you too much to uh,
0: explore. So I'm not sure if the all of the areas are that size. That would be a little small actually. But might just be the demo. I,
1: yeah, I think it is just the demo mainly. They've shown off some bigger areas and whatnot in gameplay. And a little bit like Crisis score, actually. Well it's a little bit larger, but yeah, not overly. Yeah, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too bad. Like I think they just yeah, they heavily limited it for the demo.
0: we were talking about hero-based games or hero-based uh, preferences for Fire Emblem. Um, there's another one coming called Warlander uh, for up to 100 players, actually. remind yeah. me a little bit of Mountain Blade. Just with uh, sorcerers.
1: And, like fawner and stuff. Right. Kind oh,
2: of. I I tried this one back when he was in alpha.
1: Yeah, I, I remember seeing that they'd opened that up, but I never actually joined it. It It's the sort of game that looks like it could be. It's a bit but, weird. I yeah. don't know how to explain it. It did look a bit odd, but I, I kind of want to try it. <laughs> it just um, it depends if the player base is there, really. Like Yeah, um... you,
2: you can basically either win immediately or, or the battles draw out. Longer.
1: Yeah. yeah, like I'd imagine they're probably designed to draw out a bit longer. But like when it comes to the beta, especially if people were like grouped up with friends and stuff, like depending on how many squads you had, like they were actually like coordinated-ish. Like, yeah, it feels like those sort of things where, especially if you like join slightly later on when you've you're playing with people that have played for like an entire day, mm. and then it just becomes super uneven. But it looked pretty fun. Um, yeah, I love. It's going to depend on like the balancing and like if there's actually going to be a player base or not. Really, but, yeah, it it definitely seems pretty fun. Yeah, that's coming out on January twenty
0: fourth. Uh, on the same day, we also have a game that I can't really pronounce. Maho Kenji, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah that,
0: that, that sounds about
1: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> A turn-based text-based TRPG set in the ancient Japan. So uh, samurai folklore kind of. Uh has a nice, art, nice art style. Um if you like Fire
1: Emblem, this could be one to check out actually. Yes, yeah, so it's like hex based movement but with like cards and stuff to right. decide attacks and things. So it's like a bit, a bit of like a turn based like strategy, but yeah, also a bit of a deck builder-ish. It just seems kinda of interesting. It's not the sort of game I'd usually play, but Yeah, the art's nice. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, the art is also nice in Risen, even though the game is from two thousand nine, it's coming on the same day, surprisingly, to Switch, PS4 and Xbox One.
1: Yeah, that was a bit of a strange uh, announcement. <laughs> it's just like, mm-hmm. hey, we're we're potting Risen. It's like what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Switch I never should handle it. it at least. It should, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, unless the port goes a bit funny. But yeah, I've, I've seen some gameplay of it a while back, but I never actually played it. Or oh, like it, any of the sequels. Very similar to the Gothic, of course. Yeah. So the developer Piranha, Piranha Bytes. Probably a little bit less junk. <laughs> oh, there's enough, enough junk in little. it. Yeah, probably still a bit weird.
0: Uh, a bit weird was also the announcement of Odd Borders to me because it was completely under the radar. Um, only for this uh, podcast, I found out about it. A dodgeball game for up to six players coming to Switch, P- PC, PS4, and Xbox One.
1: Uh, looks fun. Um,
0: you can play on and
1: offline. Yeah, that that'll help at least having online because it's like a lot of the smaller like multiplayer releases just straight up just don't have online and it kind of kills right. them instantly. Yeah.
0: And uh, one of the bigger releases of January is definitely Dead Space, the remake of the again 2009 game. Um just after the release of Callisto Protocol, which is kind of mixed or has mixed reception.
1: It's definitely going to be interesting to see how um Dead Space turns out. It's like are they going to like try and rework some story stuff or keep it mostly the same but yeah like ideally they won't tweak things too much they'll mainly just be like visual stuff yeah because like i mean like the first game already holds up pretty well now anyway yeah,
0: yeah especially on pc
1: yeah it's just, like i there's always a chance that they're going to be they're making this because it's like as a soft reboot ish to so, like towards at least like the second and third games Oh, God, it's going to be like Modern Warfare with the naming. It probably will be. <laughs> that's, <laughs> half, that's half of what I'm expecting, where it's like, there's going to be a Dead Space 2, but it's like a reboot Dead Space 2, so it's not even like the exact same. It's not same co-op. S- but what's <laughs> dead, no, Dead Space 3 <laughs> L3, was co-op. Like two, 2 had like the optional like PvP mode, but, but yeah, I, I have, I'm half wondering if they're going to straight up just like direct the story slightly in a slightly different direction, and then you know, make a sequel that's like kind of more of its own thing, rather than like trying to remake the original Dead Space 2. Yeah, but yeah. Be interesting to see what they mm-hmm. what they actually end up doing with it. So we have quite
0: a couple of uh, games left. Um, anything that catches your eye that you want to talk about?
1: Um, there's the the SpongeBob uh, platformer finally releasing at the end of the month. A cosmic Sting. shine. Yeah, it's um, it's only starring uh,
0: SpongeBob this time, not like Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, which has a three um, protagonists actually.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's kind of interesting to see them make another one. I think um, the Battle for Bikini Bottom remake did pretty well. Um. It's yeah, bracer. So they just uh, immediately greenlit this, yeah, the next one. Probably, yeah. But um... yeah, it's like so. Yeah, SpongeBob's like the only playable character, but like he'll actually have more abilities and stuff, I guess. So it's kind of like less playable characters, but SpongeBob has more going on. Yeah, right. But yeah, it could be interesting since it's like it, they have my. It is going to be like a straight up a, a new game. Like we kinda of don't really know how it's gonna go where because they uh like the last game the developer made was obviously like the the remaster slash remake or whatever rather than its own thing. Yeah, well the trailer looked fun. Looked like yeah. a fun platformer, 3D platformer if you're into that. Could be
0: one for the best platformer uh, at the XT Gamer Awards, we will see. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'd imagine they wanna try and keep it like somewhat close to that one, gameplay-wise.
0: Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It didn't look, like, too open-worldly.
1: But, yeah. So, um... It's gonna be interesting to see if it actually, if it turns out any good, because, like, people kind of liked um, Battlefield Bikini Bottom rehydrated, even if I think maybe nostalgia was playing a little bit into it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> which this one doesn't really have, to, which can't really learn on. Uh, One game that
0: surprised me was Season, A Letter to the Future, uh, which was revealed during a PlayStation State of Play last year. I completely forgot about it. Only now I saw it again. Coming to PC, PS4, PS5 on January uh, 31st. Very cryptic trailer, but very nice art style. Great um, voice work there and music. Feels like a little bit like a Ghibli movie to play.
1: Yeah, so it should be mostly just sort of uh biking a walking simulator. Yeah. (laughs) Walking simulator simulator. biking. (laughs) But like with definitely with more like actual like character interaction. Because like a lot of the walking sims kind of have all like the events and story stuff be like either like kinda cryptic or like via like flashbacks and stuff or like text. But like this one straight up should have like like character interactions and stuff. Yeah, like the strand just with the bike. It's a strand type game. Oh my god. It even begins with the letter S. Wow. But You're um... on to something. <laughs> but yeah, it's it should be pretty chill. Um yeah, nice art style. And yeah, like you said, the original trailer was basically gave nothing away. <laughs> but I mean, that was, that's kind of the point, I suppose. They don't want to show off too much ahead of time. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and that's basically it for January.
0: So the biggest release is probably being um, Fire Emblem Engage, Dead Space, and what was the third one? One Piece Odyssey.
2: Uh, one Piece Odyssey. Yeah, these these are pretty much it for this month. Lots of unique games and possible like... gems, but yeah, these are the
1: big ones. Yeah, I guess I like. Could... <sighs> Like it's like I was about to say it's like I guess Forspoken, but it's it's like in one of those really weird spots where it's basically yeah. a AAA game, but like it's a very re- there's yeah I don't like think
2: that. anyone is actually expecting that
1: much from Forspoken. Yeah, right. it's it's in such it's a weird oh like it's such a weird one to think about. Like it, sh- it should be way bigger than it. It's actually a weird is. position. Yeah, I think yeah. Like the way the it's demo been marked,
2: didn't do it any favors.
1: Yeah, honestly. like. The way it's been marketed, the delays, the like trailers, like, yeah, the the demo kind of didn't help either. It's like, it could still be decent, but it's just, it's not really helped itself at all. <laughs> but yeah, it's like a, it's, it's a fairly busy month overall still before like February, which is even crazier. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a lot of stuff that was like, if I, I felt like, my, the end of the year, like, well, at the end of 2022, while it was, there was still some, like, quite a few releases, definitely like, some stuff ended up getting pushed to the beginning of this year instead. But, um, yeah it's, it's just still a good time to just play everything else that we've ended up missing over the years anyway. It's too many games releasing all the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Still we'll need to, uh, finish Plague Tale Requiem and play The God of Wars. <laughs> Yeah. But we still have some time until the release schedule starts, basically.
1: A few just, days. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a, few, a month, and then it goes crazy. But well, depending on what sort of games you like, anyway. If you like JRPGs, then yes, it's going to be busy.
0: So, yeah, we usually turn out for one hour, uh, and now it's exactly one hour. Point landing there. <laughs> So, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, rather. Uh, Thanks for joining me, guys. And see you next month.
1: Yep. See you next time. Yep. See you guys.